joined by Joe Nolan. As always, Joe, how's things? Good, Kevin, and you? Not too bad, not too bad. And the Bahana man, Mr. Pat Cody of St. Mullins and Carlo Hurling fame as well. How's things, Pat? Good, Kevin, and good, good to have a chat with the Hurling Friday time, having no chance or time well spent. Well, Joe. Well, Pat, don't, uh, uh, Pat, he didn't give you credit for your football appearances, I noticed. For the county as well. Ah, well. We we did on my time in the Gansey Pat. Let's make this perfectly clear. Maybe Joe didn't listen to that episode. Oh, I did. I, I, I'm just saying uh, Pat, Pat oh. wants to be called a legend oh, and everything. You're backtracking now, Joe. You're backtracking now. <laughs> I, 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 won't, I won't claim any legendary status in anything now at all. Uh, I yeah. remember all them stories from that podcast, Kevin. Don't worry. <laughs> I remember all of them. We had to um, excuse Stevie Bambrick from tonight's podcast because rumours are rife of his return yeah. to the Nairby Junior Hurlers and we just felt it was important to protect them from any intense media scrutiny. Um, so, uh, Pat, you're okay. deputising. No pressure. <laughs> There's a big oh, media big band down there. Fail. What's that, Pat? Big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, Stevie will be back with us, I'd say, in a lot to this in the future. Maybe he won't be either, depends on how serious he takes this hurling. He could be, <laughs> he could, he could be in the, whole, the goal for uh, for the intermediates there. Darren Cavanagh mightn't like, might like us here on that now. But, uh, uh. Or, 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 well, or not even Darren. Darren wasn't in it now on Saturday evening. So. Was he not? Who was Ah, uh, no, no. Oh, all okay. will be revealed. All will be revealed. Yeah, all will be revealed indeed. So we do have a clatter of stuff to go through again, and um, I'm not quite sure where to start because it was a very entertaining weekend of hurling across all the three grades. We will we will start with senior, but we'll make our way through all those grades, and we do intend over the next couple of weeks of getting on people that are involved with junior and intermediate teams because we don't want to be like um, I won't name names, but maybe a flagship show which doesn't go into. The Joe McDonough and the Nicky Rackers and the Larry Myers. And I certainly don't want that being said about the left wing back podcast. So uh, it's very important to cover all the grades because the lads down in that junior grade are putting in every bit as much effort as uh, the lads in senior. So I won't have that said in this podcast. So we are endeavouring uh, to make that happen. And uh, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we will get a couple of lads on um, to discuss what's happening down in tier two and in tier three. But for now, lads, we will we will start at the, the top tier. Um Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get into the games on, on Sunday. Um, wasn't able to see them either, unfortunately. We went into that last week, and I'm not having to cut up people. I do hope people listen, and we get these games streamed. Um, but anyway, look, uh, if I was in a position to be there, I would be there. Um, I'm not going to disclose why I wasn't, but I just wasn't able to physically do it, basically. Uh, but anyway, lads, you two were there. So um, we'll talk through the action. I think, to be fair, um, I always feel like over the last 12 months, we might have been a little bit harsh on Michael, and I always say it nearly every week because it feels like, uh, I don't think we're overly critical, but we always expect more because of tradition, but we actually fail to realise the, the current place that they're in and the endeavours that they're making. But um, I'm not here to be condescending or, or patronising. The reality of it is there was a very um, encouraging strides, I would say, Med. On Sunday, so two fourteen on Leicester Rangers, sixteen points they have won. So that's sixteen scores apiece. Obviously, um, goals win games. Let's get the first cliche of the night out of the way. Uh, they happened in the first half, Joe. Um, so talk to us about that game first of all. What you thought of it? Uh, the standout moments, um, and uh, I suppose what Michael can take from it in particular, because Rangers would have been expected to win that. So I think Michael were the ones that were looking to get something out of that. We're aiming to win it, obviously, and, yeah. and uh, expecting to win it, as all teams would going out in the senior championship game. But how did they actually do, and how do you evaluate that game in the first place? 
Yeah, well, I think I suppose last week I was said about the Michel uh, or Navon um, uh, Mullins Rangers game. I sp- like, right? We, maybe we we thought the the result would be, you know, probably in favour of Mullins Rangers. But in fairness, um, the performance of uh, Navon, we said that, that that's what to be aiming for him for a good performance. And I think they certainly gave it. I didn't see them. I didn't see them now in the first game. Obviously, it was at the the Ballon Killing game that evening. Um, but I was talking to a member of our panel since then, and they were relatively happy, I suppose, until in the first game, until the goals went in. And I think, you know, from seeing him in the, the Bulger Cup and then seeing him, I suppose, you know, in, in championship is obviously a big difference. But I was impressed with, with uh, Nave's own, own performance. Um, I, I certainly a rejig team from the first day. Um, there was, you know, that's the first thing I suppose to say. There was a lot of changes uh, in terms of personnel and and, and positions. Like with Michal Mullins was back full back, I suppose maybe, uh, maybe to put a kind of maybe a bit of a physical presence in around the edge of the square there. Um, you know, you had Ross Smithers was laying out centre back. Um, uh, you know, just interesting changes there, kind of you know up up the middle of the team. Um, they, they, I suppose, you know, we spoke about major incidents, and I suppose the major incidents were the goals. And I suppose ultimately, you know, you have sixteen scores apiece. To you know, what it came down to two fourteen to sixteen points, but goals win games. And I suppose, being honest, it, it probably shows how ruthless uh, Mountlinster Rangers are when there is a chance that they will take it. And I suppose only for the exceptional and excellent goalkeeping of Brian Tracy, um, there was probably two or three more goals, you know, in, in Leinster Rangers. But saying that, on the flip side, um, you know, uh, Navon hit nine wides in the second half. And when they were playing with an extra man in the second half after Richard Kelly was sent off for two yellow cards in the first half, a lot of them were bad wides um, where maybe had they, you know, steadied up or maybe threw, threw the ball outside to the next man, um, a score might have been on. And I suppose ultimately those nine second half wides will probably come back to haunt them because... You know, uh, Mount Rangers that we talked about, St Mullins in the first game, be more economical than Banelkinnel, and, and Mount Leinster Rangers certainly were more economical I- in that game. Um, but I think, my, I think uh, before we we chat a bit more in detail on different little points, I, I, I'd say, Navon, while they were very disappointed not to get something from the game, especially playing with you know with an extra man for thirty-five minutes, I still think they'll they'll take a lot of positives from it. And I suppose now they have a two-week window to kind of. You know, recalibrate themselves before their before their next match, and I think they'll take a lot of positives from it, Kev. Okay, um, just a reminder as well, lads. Uh, anyone that's uh, looking at the stream or whatever, you can get in touch with us if you uh, comment underneath the post on Facebook or YouTube or uh, Twitter. Um, we do have uh, the capability to call out that question uh, if you so wish it to be called out, or if you just want to let us know you're you're seeing us or hearing us loud and clear from whatever part of the world you can do that comment and we will be able to refer to it here through the stream. So don't be afraid to get in touch. We are on social media as well at uh, The Left Wing Back on Twitter and Instagram. And obviously, you know, we're on Facebook as well. So, Joe, yeah, I'm going to bring it back to that. So, like, a much-changed Navon outfit you were saying. Uh, I was looking down through the team myself. So, Michal Mullins is straight in a full-back. Um, didn't start the last day, I believe. First, first change of note, really, and an experienced campaigner. And uh, Mihal would have been a wing back or a midfielder all his career. Like, so how how did that go in particular? I'd be interested to see how he got on there. Well, he'd a, he'd a massive tussle with, with um, Eddie Byrne. Um, I think Eddie got a goal and a point, and was kind of instrumental in another couple of scores. With me, I suppose 
you know, you're caught between a rock and a hard place in some ways with Eddie. Eddie's just, Eddie kind of has it two ways. Like, you know, he's a good hurler, he's cute, and he's a big man. And I suppose maybe Nave uh, were looking at that in terms of, you know, who who could the best place to man mark him in there on the edge of the square. Um, I thought maybe Eddie got the better of him a couple of times, you know, in terms of, like I said, cuteness. And I know this sounds strange, but had it been 40 or 50 yards further out the field and the two boys were were marking each other, you know, Michal might have got something back on him to get a hook or a block or maybe not give away a free or whatever else. But it was a massive tussle, um, you know, a massive, massive tussle. I suppose Eddie was instrumental um, even for the first goal. Uh, you know, his shot was saved and ball came out to Dennis Murphy and, he, you know, he, he, he tapped it home. Um, and then Eddie, Eddie, well, I suppose in fairness to Michal, Eddie got a place with a good ball for for his own goal and and, and buried it. So, but it was a very a very good tussle, and I suppose maybe Navon were were trying to you know trying to put horses for courses in terms of who who was going to pick up who. Like Ross Smithers was that centre back as well. I suppose maybe the idea there was to you know to Chris Nolan was obviously at centre forward, and maybe with the idea of you know pace on pace, um you know and, and kind of watching watching that movement. So I think it was probably a team that was picked you know with the, with with the opposition in mind if you get me yeah. um you know but like you said it, it was there was definitely changes i mean suppose look we take for granted now we're talking about a, an avon team there you know neither the nolans are there i suppose like we've talked for years maybe you know shane and Dwayne cabinet and lads like these have all kind of have moved on a little bit or you know aren't available anymore and it's up to other lads kind of to fill the gap and um it was some of their younger players were very impressive on uh, on sunday um, I thought young Dean Sly was excellent. Um, he got, you know, three points, I think, from play. He got a couple more from place balls as well. Um, young, what call him as well in there? Scott Tracy, I think, got, you know, three or four points as well in a kind of a two-man full forward line. Um, and they were very, very busy and caused no end of problems in there as well. Um, but I suppose ultimately the goal chances, like, you know, like I said, Brian made a couple of brilliant saves in the Navon goal, whereas really, you know, the only real goal chance that, that Navon created was uh in uh was with john michael nolan um and i suppose he was fouled tactically fouled uh outside the 21 where the hurl was kind of pulled from his grasp or outside the square that the hurl was pulled from his grasps and he he had a free kick at goal because um he had an advantage but that was really the only and he put away but that was the only, really the only goal chance that navon created and like i said it, it it came down to that they probably needed a goal in the game to really spark them and to really push them on and uh, like I said, I suppose that is the difference at that level. 16 scores apiece, but the goals do win the games. Yeah. And with regards to Rangers, you know, they did go for those early. And it was a real signal of intent, which you've kind of touched on there. Like, I mean, that was the difference. They were probably looking to um, live up to that whole mantra of having the ruthless streak and literally trying to kill teams off early, which all good teams will do. And they yeah. won't give you a bite on it. So in another, I suppose... On another day, we'd be looking at this and saying it could be a comfortable win for Rangers, given the fact that Brian had to make all those saves. Yeah, well, yeah, but like, right, I suppose, you, you know, you're nearly, nearly with Brian, you're nearly expecting him, you know, isn't it? It's a great, you know, it's a, it's a great thing to say about him, but you're nearly expecting, you know, Brian to be making these saves. You know what I mean? I'm making top, great saves as well. I'm making great that's saves. the level he's at, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose, like, you know, I mean that's that's not been fair, fair on Navon. Like I said, uh, they were really into it. I just thought, I thought maybe in the second half when they had the extra man, especially maybe coming into the last quarter, 
that they might use that extra player, uh, you know, maybe, I won't say not, not, like they're obviously playing with an extra back and, you know, because Malin's Rangers are forced to, to drop back a man, as I say. But a lot of the time, that extra Navo and back never pushed on or never, say, like never, they never create an overlap in the half, you know, in the half back line, midfield, half forward line. And I think that probably ultimately cost them because, like, in fairness to uh, the Rangers, like, you know, they know how they're, they're first well organized and you know they were happy enough when when things were even steven up in their back line like i mean look you have top class defenders all around there and, and they were always able to protect the, the goal you know Dermot Byrne was always dropping back or they were putting pressure on the shots and i thought maybe nave owen might have been a little bit more adventurous and i suppose we might talk about that in the second game too um when they had an extra man and were chasing the game that they might have maybe not not committed them the whole time forward but would have encouraged maybe, you know, encouraged the player to push up, push up to to join the attack, to create an overlap. Um, and it's something I'd say they might look back with on in regret or on regret. And especially as well that the period there where they hit three or four kind of wides on the trot. Um, and it was kind of really, you know, really killers, if you get me, in terms of the, in terms of their momentum. But had they got them, who knows? I mean, like they were really they were really in the game. And it was probably a game, like I said, that they, they felt they should have got something from. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just having oh there he is Pat was exactly. uh, just he disappeared on us there for a moment uh, Stevie was uh, he's the same filter as Stevie <laughs> yeah the, the crime the crime call filter there yeah. um, <laughs> I never seen Pat Cody freezing under pressure where he, he's freezing a little bit on his air tonight now <laughs> for, for whatever reason but uh, yes, listen just... as, soon, as soon as that bloody broadband plan is rolled out down in Bahana yeah, then you, just... <laughs> this, this podcast will benefit all the more for it the first points yeah, you're just you're just breaking on a Sarah Pat. Uh, can you hear me at all? <laughs> can, you, can you hear us? No. Oh, you're, you're breaking on a Sarah. We'll just we're we're going to we're going to put you back. Click link. We're going to put you back on the on the green room for for a moment, Pat. Um, and just click back in on it there, and hopefully hopefully we'll be able to get him. But yeah, that's the that's the joys of it. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, funny enough, actually, we're off on a slight tangent, but we were in. Uh, Australia there at the start of last year and you think a country that size or ever their their broadband's actually much crappier than ours um in in all areas even even in a lot of urban areas it's not it's not hectic so yeah that's the joys of doing it live folks uh, we're going to try to get Pat back in here now and hopefully he's with us uh screen is still not hectic there at the moment but uh we'll give it a moment and maybe maybe he'll appear Joe look we're going to have to crack on um hopefully Pat can rejoin us as the yep. fella said but um to to summarize then um key players i suppose on both sides just just very quickly before we we finish up on that on that first game yeah well like i said for for nave owen um like i, I was i was first impressed with, with dean slay i saw him in the bulger cup um thought he was first lively in the forward line um you know really really slick um you know free taker took over from from Parry nolan um i suppose he you know, and he hit a couple of nice ones from play as well. I suppose John Michael as well was influential for them. You know, got three points. Probably was marked out with a little bit, a little bit quieter than they'd like, but he got a couple of inspirational scores as well. Uh, Scott Tracy up front as well, excellent. Half back line, very good. Ross was very composed at centre back, I thought. Um, look, had his hands full of Chris Nolan. I think Chris knocked over maybe three points or whatever, but, you know, he ex- again, we expect that kind of from Chris Nolan, but he did really well in them and closed them down. Um, you, you know, there was a lot of a lot of big big battles uh, there, and like I said, they were probably the, the well for me probably the the pick of the the, the Navy and players. Um, look, Manchester Rangers again very composed all over the pitch. 
Uh, just that one thing, uh, you know, if I was looking back on this as a maybe as, a, as an Avon player or an Avon mentor, I, I just thought the, the difference, and you know, we, we talk about games and game plans and moving on and pressing and so on, but I just thought the slickness of uh, the Mullinster Rangers stick work in particular. I know I've kind of harped on about this before, and it's kind of a hobby horse of mine in terms of hurling, but ultimately it's a skills game. And I suppose we've kind of highlighted even in the last score where, you know, Navon actually coughed up the ball very cheaply on their own, from their own possession and, and gifted. I think it was Paul Cody knocked over the last point. And I think overall, like, you know, Kevin McDonald was, I thought was excellent for, for, um, for, for Melissa Rangers. Again, his possession, I think every ball nearly they came, barring one, I counted, he got in his hand first time, you know, touching everything was excellent. But I think that was probably the dividing factor in some ways. I know it's been very simplistic. But I just thought, like, sometimes Navon's hand passes were kind of, you know, falling short or maybe going to knees or, you know, down low. And it just gave them all Rangers that split second to get in and make a tackle. Whereas if you look at the, the video of the game, you'll see a lot of the Mount Rangers, like, their stick passing was excellent, nice and crisp, as we expect. And it just gave them that split second and maybe gave them the chance to get off a shot, Um, you know, compared to the pressure that Navon were under when they were getting their shots off. I suppose, like I said, for, for Mount Rangers, you thought Eddie Byrne was impressive especially when they went down to 14, you know, he led the line very well and looked like he was back to uh, to full fitness. Um, obviously, Michael Dial, you know, massive in the corner, you know, re really, really steady. Dermot, very steady at, again at centre-back. Again, he's he, probably as, he's, as the years have gone on for him, um, his ability to read the game, you know, and he really fits in there. You know, obviously no Richard Cody there, like, but, you know, he fits in, as in, he, sorry, there's no Richard Cody playing, as in he fits into that role, you know, like Richard did so seamlessly. Um you know, and again, set up a couple of attacks with, with, with some long-range strikes as well. Um, and their forwards then had to work hard for their scores as well, you know, but there was a decent spread on them. Um, Dennis obviously getting the goal as well and, and, a, and a couple of points from, from Freeze and so on as well. So I think while Navon will take a lot of encouragement from it, um, it was probably, you know, probably a game that they felt that they were, you know, that they probably deserved something from, you know, that, you know but still I think they'll take a huge amount per, from their performance. And I suppose for, for Mount Leinster Rangers, they'll see it look as a job done, two points on the board, and, and they'll move forward to, to the weekend against St. Mullins. Yep. Speaking of St. Mullins, I think Pat might be back with us. It's taken a second or two to load him in here. We'll we'll try it for a second. Pat, are you with us? Oh. There's a bit of a hardware issue there. There's a hardware issue and a broadband issue as well. But uh, we'll throw you back in here to the middle of the screen. Um, hopefully that sticks this time. Um, we'll have to get on to we won't we won't name any broadband providers because it's not really their fault depending on what location you're in but uh, you can only work with what you what you have as you um hopefully when i'm talking to you pat in 12 months time on this podcast again if we're all alive and well to see this people would say that uh, we'd be looking at uh, stronger wi-fi in that area and indeed every area as well because literally that's so important in these live streams but anyway look what what you missed there was was joking to summarizing um navon and uh among us the rangers um so just to, to bring back in, I suppose, like, Navon have a weekend off now, Joe, so yep. it's a pr probably an all right time to take stock. I know they've had, you know, a couple of results that haven't gone with them, but uh, there is an improvement there, you'd have to say, on the first game. So it's something to, to work with, take stock, and then burst on again um, the weekend after next. So I think there's a, a nice bit to take from that, but they're just... They're not, they're not used to moral victories out there, but I suppose if they have... I think a lot of lads would understand that this is where they are, and they're going to have to look at this for a little bit of time when they're in transition and, and progress. And when you look at what Biden's have done in 12 months, uh, 
in fairness, it's a, it was a fairly good plan there to to look at and and think that well, there's no reason why we can't do it either. Um, so anyway, we'll uh, we'll move on to speaking of Bindersound. Let's let's move on to that Bindersound Saint Mullins. So uh, the three of us sat here last week, Joe, myself, you, and Stevie. The three of us gave different verdicts. You had splinters in your hole from sitting on the fence. Uh, Stevie, <laughs> in fairness, uh, went all mystic Meg on us and said, if I back the other team or if I if I predict the team, the other team will win. Yep. Didn't know he was that deep to be honest with you, but uh, and I, I just said I thought it was going to be a relatively close game, but by now we're going to win. So I was the closest one to get it right, but so, it still wasn't right at the same time because so there was six so points in, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so what you're saying so, is you're right. Um. Yeah. What <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what what's the saying? A stop clock is right twice a day, is it, or something That's like it. that? Yeah. But anyway, um. So Pat, I'll bring you in on this one. Um. Obviously not a result saying one would have wanted. Um I'm not surprised that to be honest with you. Uh but how how did you see that one? Um twenty points to one eleven, I think, in the end? Or was it one twelve? Twenty points to one eleven, yeah. Yeah. Six point victory, yeah. So um yeah, yeah. Very poor performance from our own point of view and one's point of view, but then again you have to counter that with uh, very very kind of uh, slick performance from Banks Gales out there, you know, um they had a very good game plan from the goal. Pat, sorry, either plug out the headphones there or turn up the volume one or the other. We just can't really hear you as well. I think you're back now, yeah? Yeah, hello. So, yeah, try that again there. Sorry. Hello. Yeah, go on, start start again there with that set one's game. Yeah, so, um, actually, we're very disappointed with it, Kevin, to be honest with you. Um, after a positive start the previous week against uh, Ben and Killen, you'd be hoping to build on that and, um, you know, Basically, look at it, show your, yourself a place in the semi final, and then your kind of season's panned up. You know, it's kind of backed out for you from there, like you know, at an early stage. So, um, very disappointing result, uh, very poor performance, I'd say, from St. Mons, you'd have to say. But having said that, you'd have to also um, balance that with a very accomplished performance from Balance on Gales, who from the from the world goal, like St. Mons, had the win in the first half, and um. Apart from an early goal from um, Paddy Boland that seemed to, you know, came at the real right time in the first half, would have been, you know, a good, a good uh, launch pad for maybe putting a few points in the board and return at half time with a, a decent enough lead. It wasn't to be the case at all because uh, all the hurler was being done and, and the pace was being set by Bangus on all through the game. They were kind of dictating the tempo. They were coming out and winning the 50 50 balls and, and their hurling was a bit sharper. Um, no, um, I know you were saying that one of the um, hallmarks of uh, Monster Rangers team is, is their stick work and, and their ball handling skills. Um, I'd say both teams would have been disappointed with their with their um, handling at various stages in in the game last uh, in the second game. Um, but uh, Bangladesh were were sharper on the day and took their scores. I would say it's twenty. A six point victory for them, but it was a twenty scores to uh, twelve at the end of it. So that tells his own story. Yeah. Would you have said you were more disappointed in St. Mullins or impressed with Bindestown or surprised, I suppose, with Bindestown? I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, I wasn't surprised at all at Bindestown, um, um, even from their performances in the Championship last year. You know, it was their first year last year and they're a new club. You know, this history they have with new clubs in the you know, your own club. Uh, and I, I felt the point of it in their very first year, like, you know, they've been in their first Championship. Um, you know, it, 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 there is often a kind of a, a bounce there and enthusiasm. Um, but I'd have to say, definitely 
there was a, a fitness deficit there and a mobility deficit big time uh, between set one and nine so um, we would have had I suppose two of our inside forwards you know uh, with James Murphy and John Doran have a lot of miles in the clock uh, and at times while they won plenty of position in there they weren't able to get themselves free and uh, uh, smothered by the bangers on defence um, who were, were very lenient in how they didn't, didn't give many frees like you know so um, yeah, like just I'm disappointed with the same one's performance, but you'd have to say I, I, I was impressed with Bagginson, but not surprised, not surprised at all. And uh, um, in the first round last week, um, I uh, had a text message from uh, Chaz Murphy, you know, saying that oh, yes, uh, you know, like again this year, and, and he'll, he'll vouch for the fact that I sent. I straight away saying to him, I think Biden's going to have a lot to say in it there this year yet. And um, unfortunately, from, from St. Bonnet's point of view, uh, that came to pass this, uh, last uh, Saturday evening. So now Biden's are in the position, had the position of, you know, working now towards the semi final date. And, you know, I don't think there are any injuries or anything, but I think they had, you know, they get those right, uh, work on their game plan. It's a good place to be, you know, it's a good place to be. So, um, I suppose as of now, they're the only team to uh, be assured of a semi final place, you know, which is a nice place to be. And maybe it might have been expensive two rounds of the championship, but yeah, here we are, like, you know. Yep, here we are indeed. So I suppose, Joe, a bit of context with this one. Uh, very tight at half time, 1 5 to 7, I think. And then 1 9 to 12 at the second water break. So in that period, obviously, what was it? What am I looking at here? 8 points to 2 in that last quarter in favour of Bidenstown. So they had that gear. So that probably backs up a little bit what Pat said. He thought there was maybe a discrepancy in terms of the fitness levels, that, that St. Wollens mightn't have been at Bidenstown's level. Is that, in your opinion, why Bidenstown were able to push on in that last quarter? Well, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I can't... You're, you're kind of... Like, the fitness levels were, you know... Does that reflect badly on us, I suppose, as well, then, like the previous week? It's hard to know, like... I, I thought, like I thought, the sending off was a was a key moment, a probably key moment for Bagginstown. We must remember too, Bagginstown missed a penalty, or not? Sorry, didn't miss a penalty. Uh, Craig drilled it over the bar, and I suppose standing there looking at that, you're kind of thinking, Jesus, that was probably a big chance for them, you know, for them for them gone. Um, and I thought the send, I, I thought the sending off really spurred them on. I mean, I mean, you know, I, I actually thought the game kicked into life after that, Pat. I don't know whether you agree or not. I thought yeah. up to that, up to that, like what you said, it was, it was. Kind of stop start, you know, pedestrian, you know, it was kind of bitty sort of a game. No and I thought, yeah, no flow to it. And I thought they kicked on. Now they hit some fantastic points. Jesus, anything they hit in, in, in that last quarter, or especially, like I said, you know, after sending off onwards, um, made a huge difference. I thought Jamie Clark, um, after the sending off, after Dara, Dara Nolan's uh, red card, um, Bagnestown had to rejig. And um, I thought one of the key moves, the broad, Jamie Clark came out to wing forward for a while. And I thought that gave them, they were able to turn, you know, rather than losing the ball there and, and say Mullins been on top, Andrew Townsend picked him out with a couple of puckouts and it made a huge difference. Um, I thought at that time, I don't know, Pat, again, I suppose, look, you, it's harder for you to comment when, you know, when you're with the club and all, you know, when you're a Sam Mullins man. But for me, I don't know, at that stage when the game was in the melting pot, I thought maybe it was a time maybe to... The game of the Well, well, look, I'd be straight up, like, Probably Potty, Potty was at centre forward at this, you know, Potty was, you know, would you have done a swap? 
um, would you have maybe said to James Dale, you know, push on a little bit, support the, you know, support the play a little bit more? Um, I thought the game when, when the game was in the melting pot that 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 would have been a key move. Um, myself, I as in I just thought he might give that extra little oomph to the forward line. Like we said, Jack Havner was in at this stage. Jack a two point score from play. Um, and the other forwards while they were lively, you'd imagine James might have given it a, a, another step if you get me another little punch. And and that maybe maybe they might have been able to manage with the extra man, you know, like Potty Kyo is not, you know, not a bad man to be bringing back. I'm just saying if it was him or whoever uh, yeah. to, to, as a swap, and you know, he'd manage the house back there fairly well, I, I'd imagine. Um, yeah, but Potty, I suppose Potty, like Potty has, sure, as everyone knows, Potty has experience in the forwards and the backs. But yeah. uh, before he before he um, before he was away for a couple of years, he had really made himself uh, made his name as our centre back, right. like, and he was the he was a linchpin of the same one's team, you know, of that three in a row team. Um, so, you know, um, and and with uh, Mouse's unfortunate injury, depriving us of our, our main attack in Fulcrum, the fact that, you know, James is back centre back, and obviously has been there, has, has experience there with, with um, IT Carlo and and, uh, and this year's county squad. I'd say, I suppose, and it's, it's a debate down home as well here. Um, is it, are we robbing Peter to pay Paul? Like you know, um, James has undoubted qualities and, and and his athletic ability is second to none. Um, but even you can see in the first half, he had a few shots um, because his natural his natural instinct is to attack and to score, and he was taking a few shots maybe from out, outside his own sixty-five and. I just remember thinking to myself, I'd rather have him taken about 30 or 40 yards closer to the goal, like, you know, where there'd be less of a chance of him tailing off. Um, but, yeah, I'd say, you know, questions will be asked. Quite, I'm, I'm sure no more than, than Niall O'Donnell and, and his backroom team will have a they'll have a good think about it, a good chat, but um, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Um, I would think that it won't, yeah. No, I was going to say, like, I, I just thought, like, on a, I, don't, I, I don't think... It, in my eyes, anyway, in terms of the two games were different in terms of James' position. And I, I thought against us, um, like he was he was there, he was a stopper, a mop, he was mopping up. I know he had a couple of points in play. We were chasing the game, you know what I mean? So in other words, he could he could afford to sit back and pick us off, if you get me, in the, especially in the second half of the game against us. So you didn't need to push him on, you know what I mean? And he was effective and did the job and, you know, steadied the ship. I just mm. thought when when you were a man up and kind of chasing the game, you know, and, and Bagnestown's dander was up, that uh, Bagnestown Gale's dander was up, that he might have been pushed on. And I suppose what surprised me more, I, again, I suppose like everything, we all have great hindsight. I probably was even more surprised that he was switched out with centre back. And I know uh, we mentioned about Jamie Clark's influence on the game when he came out, but he was carrying a yellow card, James, and he was on Jamie Clark, who's. Probably a, obvious tactic was going to be at that stage. If I get the ball in hand, we're a man down. My job here is to run with it. I, you know, I'm not going to get it from seven. Like Jamie, I tell you himself, he's not going to put the ball over if he gets it 70 yards out. You know, he's not that type of player and he's going to run at them. And I know James is quick and everything, but Jamie's such a low center of gravity that he's going to draw fouls. Do you know what I mean? He's going to draw fouls. And I just. Was that awkward over the shoulder? Kind and of? it was nothing, exactly. Sure, James, like the, the second yellow card, no more than Richard, you know, like no more than, you know, like it was a thing of nothing, but it was a foul. And I, I just, I just don't know. I, I, I thought maybe it was a trick missed. You know what I mean? I just thought it was a trick missed, uh, missed by on, on, um, on Sunday myself, like, you know. 
Mm. Yeah, it's interesting from an outside point of view, like, you know, the, that's the debate that's in the same Mullins as well, like, but uh, I, actually, another point, I think I might have said to you on, on the bank, Joe, I think Bagnestown finished with a stronger team than, than they started with, because there are subs that made an immediate impression every one of them when they came on, um, and there is a kind of a contrast with St. Mullins as well, that our, our uh, subs didn't make much of an impact. Jason O'Neill, who was carrying an injury, was, was, couldn't get into the game when he came on. Um, and Jason was a key, key figure with us two years ago. Um, you know, so um, we, we were, our, our strength and depth was shown there, maybe, to be, maybe not what it should be, you know. Um, it's, good maybe, see, it's good to see Jack back in fairness, though. Jack looked sharp when he came in it. there, I thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but you were expecting that Jack, and yeah. he, he, he made his presence felt. He, he, he kind of upped, upped our tempo a bit for the, you know, the 10 15 minutes that he was on. And uh, like you said, he got two points in play, one freeze. Um, I would think that in Jack's mind, uh, full forward would be the place he'd like to be, but uh, mm. you know, we all come to a certain stage in our career where we might have to, you know, just. Adjust our our, our 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 own goals and our own our own games to suit the, the bigger picture. Like, you know, but yeah. um, well, he made the ball stick. In there, in fairness, he, he made I the did, ball Jim. stick. You know, he made yeah. he, he made the ball yeah. stick. He, and in fairness, like I said, we, he took his two points well, and he was causing he was causing yeah. you know causing hassle in there. And I suppose Oshin Ryan Oshin Ryan did did um did add a bit of impetus in half hour line in for for a few minutes there as well like you know but uh, I would say definitely as regards impact from the bench banks on the bench had far more impact and uh, you know again all was well for their for the rest of the championship for them like you know and and they like I said they fine there for now and there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of you know good training sessions up there now in the outside pitch and that apparent because you know you seem to seemingly give the goods of 20, 25 players who are all looking for their place on the, you know, on, on a starting a starting fifteen for a semi final. Um, I suppose it will be talked about later on. But like, they had a very strong junior team down in St. Mons there night there as well, and gave St. Mons the right trim. And like, you know, so uh, like it's a numbers game at the end of the day. You know, uh, if you if you have the strength and depth, you know, it's a big help to you. It is indeed, Pat. And one thing that struck me there was there was a con a common i suppose understanding even when set ones are winning championships and trees in a row um that the depth wasn't there at that point either and that's just a common thing that would have been said um at that time that if you did suffer an injury or two and it wasn't any blatant disregard or disrespect to anyone else on the panel but the depth wasn't there um now this is a little bit different obviously because you can't afford to be without mouse like and, and a half hit jason o'neill and, and, Gar- and Gary Bennett as well. And Gary, Bennett. You, and Gary one, Bennett as well. Yeah. And your key man markers. And, you know, I think, yeah, I, yeah. Think Gary, I think Gary is a massive loss. Yeah. Uh, in terms but of. But also, Joe, sorry, but that's. It's also. When did he. You won a championship, obviously, in 2019, and you won the three in a row. How many more lads are there to help the tank on the back of those victories at this point? I'm not saying you're going to produce those type of most cabinet players. They're literally once in a generation type players. But there's a trickle of young lads coming through in many other clubs that. Are, are they there in set one is what I'm asking. Can you see that situation change in the next couple of years where that depth does come in? Yeah, well, I suppose one of our, one of our better performers uh, on Saturday was young know, Kyle Connolly, cornerback. Cornerback, yeah. Uh, um, Paddy Shane, or Paddy, I suppose, was there in 19 as well, but Paddy had a decent enough game cornerback as well there. But I have to say I was very impressed with Kyle, um, his first year in senior 
in on the senior panel started the last day and started uh, the first round as well um and was an outlet for sharper coats okay. a few times and what I, I i suppose i was actually more impressed with one or what one or two times that he did fumble the ball on the sharper coat he had the composure to 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 recover and find the man on the inside or, or you know regain possession and burst burst the tackle and deliver the ball up the field so um yeah like and you have connor Keogh there as well has come on there was, was obviously on free taking duties in mouse's absence and uh, like so we also have john doyle who started some, who played semi-final there last year and um, on a bad day again for St. Mullins, it was one of our more uh, impressive performances last year in semi final as well. So, like, John didn't make an appearance on Sunday, but I'm sure he'd be, he'd be maybe pushing on now uh, next, I suppose, maybe during training this week, and hopefully, might he be hoping to have an, uh, make an impression on, on the game at the weekend. So, yeah, there, it's always been the way with St. Mullins, Kevin, like, you know, um, the small parish, and, you know, there's a small amount of, 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 I suppose children in the schools even like you know but one thing I suppose we have in our favour is there's no soccer uh, there might be a, a hint of the football team there this year right? <laughs> uh, yeah. like I was saying uh, I, like I was saying to you uh, and the boys are I, I, I speak, spoke to the boys they're really, they're really looking forward to football but um, you know the, I suppose I hope it wasn't distracting from from uh, the plans for last Saturday because you know the, the the overall plan is to halt the arrow nine nine in a row in twenty twenty five. You know when we got through the ring. But the, the players are like the, it's always been the way, and, and players will come through and touch wood. We we'll um we did it to to both our team as as we go along and supplement the team year by year. Like you know um. If you look at the, the, the role of honour, which would have been a Mustafa uses ben, benchmarking in uh, in in any county, St. Mullins only have two minor championships in the history of the club, like you know, and um, you would see that in let's say I suppose in, historically uh, you have fifteen rows and even fourteen rows of minor teams. So I noticed that, that that's not the way it is now because of the rules. You can only play one age group up from from your 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 last age group. Um, we would have had minor teams that would have went that wouldn't have been within the Nessus Roar win the championship. We would go on and win another 121 championship, or you know. So because those players, those players kind of move on with the team and they stay playing, and and will say, you know, a fellow might be very slight at 16 years of age playing minor, but when he's 19 years of age playing 121, he could be a man like you know, and, and has has developed physically, and that's where we've, I suppose. You know, gained over the years that we've 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 been lucky enough to be able to keep more of our younger younger players involved in the game and and, and playing, whereas you know in in other other clubs and maybe more more uh, urban towns or urban, urban clubs, players for various reasons, other sports, moving away from town or whatever, like you know, in, in search of employment, uh, have 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 maybe fallen by the way. Right? So yeah, we're we're we'd be happy enough with what's coming through, but like just you know get them through, like you know. Um, yeah. You know, it's keeping the match and getting up to the level, and it does take time. It takes time, you know. Um, senior hurling and senior hurling at the end of the day, like you know, and, and uh, um, it's a little bit of extra speed, uh, physicality, and uh, I suppose know how at the end of the day, like you know, and, and bringing some definitely shoulders in space last Sunday or last Saturday evening. Sorry, we had linesmen lads for both games. Yep, mm. full yeah. full crew of officials. In fairness, it was nice to see, and, and again. 
credit where credit is due. I think you know uh, we mentioned. I know we mentioned here the last week and about it. Like, and it was good to see the double header as well. Made a lot of sense rather than the two games on. You know, at one time in separate venues. I think we have a small enough pocket of hurling supporters in the county, and I think it was great to see so many in there for both games. And you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, it was great. It was brilliant to have the games back. Jesus, we were only talking. I think Pat, we said it was nearly two years or whatever since we were there. And last time I was at, uh, last time I was at it was the reason it was at it was I, I did the uh, stream or the commentary that Brendan Joyce did for the St. Bonnes and Avon first round match mm. last year. So it was like an so way to be there and a match. And, and again, sure, like just having a bit of banter and like I was there having the. Check with yourself and all in there, uh, Joe, before the game and during the game, and I can just turn around and say, I did. As I said, I could see there only one, one winner, and yeah. Yeah, yeah just all the things that you would have uh, taken for granted. Like, yeah, it's. Uh... But, it, but it is, Kevin, it, it is. And I tell you what's great to see, you know, we're on about the games, I know now, but, you know, I, I it's great to see the same old, same faces, like, you know, doing doing the Shorten and the styles yeah. and everything, you know, and. You know, it's great, it's brilliant. It's just brilliant to people. Like it's could be so easy for all those people to walk away or you know, people to change it's like great. that. Teams and, club, teams and clubs will always be there, but geez, like you see the faces that are there and the people who who facilitate our games as well. I know we, we talked about in the first episode as well. Um but without them, you know, you know, we're at nothing as well, like you know, so fair for credit to them as well for you know, for yeah, for keeping with the things, you know. Yeah, the legendary Eamon on, on yeah. the first yeah. he's at every game in Fenna, Camogie, Hurling, football. He was that so, one there this evening on under 12 ladies football shield. I was talking to him at the gate, like down in the training center. Without, you know, Brian O'Neill, great to see these are all people who are volunteers as well, and you know, and doing their best for the, for the county. It's just it's great to see, it's heartening. It's great to see when you go back and you go back, you know, to something and you see that the same buzz is there from everyone. Do you know what I mean? From the enthusiasm is there and the things are as well organized and done as safety as we can for all our teams as well so you know credit yeah. credit to everyone like you know what i mean it's a great yeah. great day just one last thing on the lines where i'm going to leave it at that then uh in fairness there is a shortage um mm. we found out during the week there's a big big shortage of officials um so yeah uh, i think people there's a good few of them yeah. on the bank uh, there's a good few of them on the bank the other night anyway apparently or okay <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of instruction into the referee at times. I know. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, only yeah. Having, I'm only Usually they're on the dish, but at least they're on the bank now. Uh, so. I'm only having the banter. No, no. I'm yeah, yeah. Uh, there was not, if they not, actually stood up on the pallet that them Bush Ultras have, then they would literally would be orders on the ditch. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I hope actually that gets sorted because that could become a big issue, I'm sure. Yeah. I suppose, is, is there any wonder there's a shortage? Like, does that point lads to step up and do it? And why would you want to, sure? It's a, it's a thankless job, but... I always said if it was if it was to go and do it for the first year or two, I'd pull in the two teams before the match and I just say, Look, lads, see this fucking thing here. I don't want to be blowing this joke at all. I said, Don't make me blow it. As simple as that. I'm only human. I'm going to make mistakes the same as you are. It's not personal, but just don't be a dick, basically. You know. Uh, so you're like the, Pat, the Pat Moran the, School of Refereeing. On the, on the point, um I think it's one of the one of um Saul Murphy's kind of attributes. If he makes a mistake, he, he owns it, and he. I, I think. I think. I as far as I can see, there was he made he made a bit of a mistake in near enough the end of the second half last week, and 
put his hand up and threw the ball in and just said, listen, that's, and I've seen him doing it in matches like, you know, and that's, 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 players, players, players and, and, and uh, supporters would kind of accept that and, you know, and see that if someone owns, puts their hand up and, make, you know, owns their mistake, go on about it. Yeah, we are, we are. Yeah, but we are very lucky. I mean, like getting back to referees and giving credit in terms of the standard. I know we were talking about numbers there a minute ago. In terms, like obviously we want more. You know, every county needs needs them to run all the games. Like I said, it was down there tonight, or was that the Camogie matches at the weekend? And you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, there's so many games now. You know, for at every level that we need referees. But just fl- flipping it a little bit, just in terms of the standard. Like I mean. We're blessed in the county with the standard referees we have for, you know, like, say, take it at hurling level, like we've pawed, we, we've we've salt, um, you know, David Hughes uh, would come in, you know, with the done games. Um, just p- picking, yeah, you know, picking these. I know the two say, you know, the hickeys who be normally football referees, but would do some of the hurling. Again, referee top inter-county games. You know, we, we actually have, there's great quality there in, in our referees. In fairness, we I'd say we, for the size of our county, we supply, you know, more than our fair share to uh, the referees panels, you know what I mean, across Leinster and so on. Um, yeah, John, Johnny Murphy doing the... John Murphy, forgot John, yeah, exactly. You know, top, top, top. Class. You know, I, I'm, go, I'm going to forget, you know, I know I'm going to forget someone, like, but, but like, we, we we have top referees there at the minute, um, you know, and and, and other ones who've, who've gone on or, or, or stepping back a little bit. Um, you know the quality is there. Um, uh, it's just like we said, the, the the numbers. Like obviously, maybe as clubs, we 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 probably need to you know to to kind of get that going in our own clubs. Um, as as well, like you know, in terms of of getting people involved, like because like we said, without without all aspects of our game going well, well, nothing goes. You know what I mean? The games don't the games don't take place. Like, yeah, definitely. Um, I think as well, like. I'm going to get this all done at some stage. I was chatting to him about it before, so we'll get him on. It's good to get a referee's point of view, especially on local level, because we've seen it on national level as well. And maybe some lads to say sometimes referees are maybe on involved in the media too much, but we haven't had anyone at all, so I think we're fairly safe in getting someone on. But just to explain the trials and tribulations of it, because I think it is a very interesting angle in, in fairness. Like I would say the point I was going to make on, on the local side of things is I'm not quite sure. I don't think you're going to have this big uh, assessor thing, right? So obviously when the lads are breaking onto the inter-county scene, I think a lot of the time when, obviously we would have seen it from going to, we've had some bad ones in Division 2 Hurling, but they're occasionally brutal in Division 4 football, I'm sorry. But I have empathy and sympathy, and I'm going to explain why. Because there is an assessor a lot of the time judging them. And that, you know, you take the book, every, every, every box has to be ticked. And by doing that, you literally eliminate common sense. And the only real rule of principle you should be using when refereeing is common sense. But you can't do it on that inter-county scene when you break onto it first. I know well you can't. I've been informed. So, like, on a club point of view, I, I'm not quite sure. I know Ollie Hines was doing referee's assessor for years. I don't know, is there assessor still or what's going on or who's involved in it? And Pat, Hearn, probably, probably Pat sure Hearn, in fairness, Pat Hearn is, is kind of involved with, well, I know even at Leinster level and things like that. Well, is he an assessor in Carlo? Um, he used to do a bit now. I haven't been speaking to him in a while. Yeah. He used to be well, involved in the training and the assessing kind of refs. He'd, you know, kind yeah. of go informally well, to assess and so on. So I'm trying, I'm trying, to, trying to sell this thing here and make it sexy a little bit as well, right? There's no, there's no person going to be judging you really as such, apart from the people on the bank. But in terms of referees assessor, until you get up a little bit higher in Carlo. So yeah. anyone that might have a little bit of fear or anxiety about getting involved, like it's, you probably. There probably is a little avenue there, and as a lot of lads say, it's a clear. It's one of the closest things you can get to being involved in the game without playing, especially if you can't do it. Like, yeah. so mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, 
maybe the door is open. Maybe maybe people will step up. Well, I tell you, when you talk about the standard of referees at lower levels in the, in the national leagues, um, so we've Carlo have often been uh, victims of, of refereeing. But uh, I'll tell you a story about a game we played in in uh, Cullen Park over the year, a long time ago against uh, against Mayo in the national league, and a certain very high level, very high profile referee. I won't mention any names, but he's from Wexford. And he's done a few all early finals. Mm. Um, and typical, it was the Winter National League at the time, a uh, very typical dour affair. And I got quite heated. And when I say quite heated, with rows breaking out, it made the Dublin Mayo match last Saturday, last Saturday look like a Peter. Oh, a tame affair. Tame affair, but there was rows breaking out left, right, and centre. And um, I was playing centre forward. And uh, or I broke out in half back line and uh, sure as you do back then sure you have to go in and all one in all in like you know and as referee, referee was letting, letting the whole thing go and, and as I was going past he, let, he said to me I don't know what the big fuss is about I know he's running bad doing or harder anyway right so that's the kind of a comment a, a referee was making well I tell you when he did get playing and when my account of career wasn't cut short <laughs> maybe maybe prematurely but I tell you you know, and my mind is made up with him from then on. Uh, I got no time for that kind of carry on. You know, so yeah. there's a certain amount. I tell you, you could you could ask actually one of your own club men about the same referee one day down in Good Council, Peter Fortune. Tell you a good story never about mind. that. Never mind. No, she's my next door neighbour. I grew up beside him, sure. Mm. Up beside me, but uh, yeah, so yeah, that man, that man's cards are marked as far as I was concerned, and uh, you know, he kind of. Would look down on on likes of Carlo, and that's I think that often is can be the case, um, and I think I actually think it's it's, it's I know Fergal Hargan is doing is doing his third order in the final, but like you've had uh, John Keenan did a very high profile game there, and um, uh, Barry Kelly sure was the most high profile. How many Irelands did Barry Kelly do? Four or five did he? You know, so but from Westmead, you know uh, John Keenan from Wicklow, um, so oftentimes. You had you had John McGrath from West Media as well, like you know. So you, you've often had uh, from, I suppose, not so high-profile counties, uh, you know, getting there, and maybe they, they don't come in with a, a prejudice against, and maybe that's why they make their way up along the leagues, like you know. So I'm glad um, you brought this up, Pat, because it's something I wanted to touch on, and I would have mentioned it to Joe and Stevie uh, sometimes in the, in the old WhatsApp group. I often feel that when Pod and Salt get criticised for the under county games, I think where they're from goes against them a little bit and I think it adds fuel to the fire I think if you had a, if you'd seen a bigger Harlan County's name beside Paul Dwyer or Salt Murphy I don't think the criticism is as heavy I honestly don't I really do believe that I'm not saying oh, they don't make mistakes in some of those games and, and they'd be the first to admit they have but I think it really does evolve and it gets a bit heavy just because of where they're from I really honestly think that well uh, Paul Dwyer was a victim of it there only a couple of years ago um, in uh, Westmead Championship match above in, in um, Cusick Park where uh, whatever sort of camera angle was there in the day, uh, Pod this well didn't disallow a goal. A goal was given as wide, uh, you know, a ball went, went wide, and the camera angle seemed to show at the time that the ball was inside the post. And that uh, I'm not sure. I think maybe in Westmead or I think Cork and Westmead. Was it Cork and Westmead? I think yeah. Cork and Westmead, yeah. Cork and Westmead, it was. And like, uh, oh, absolutely, this was a part that night in the Sunday game. You know, and I don't think it would have happened if if it was Kilkenny, Tip, Limerick, you know, a higher profile ref. 
Now, as it turned out, uh, during the week, another camera angle became available that showed that the ball was well wide, you know, and, and you know, and I think even I remember seeing, thinking on the night, there was no, there was no dispute on the field. Like, it, you know, if, if a ball had gone in, in the net or had been scored and was disallowed uh, in, uh, wrongly, you can be guaranteed that there'd be players swarming around the place, you know, going, going berserk. But there was no no argument that night on the, on the field or that day on the field. But, uh, you know, again, I suppose, wouldn't like Don Lowe to make a, make a meal, you know, out of the pee, you know. And, and you know, he had a sound bite there and he, by jeez, he grabbed it and put all parts in front of it. Now, having said that, he did, he did own up to it. He did reference it the following week when he was proved wrong. But uh, definitely... Uh, it was definitely um, lit upon on that night, and I don't think it would have if he had been from uh, a so-called higher uh, profile county, a more traditional or sorry, more successful county, I'll say, because no more traditional Ireland than anywhere than South Carolina, you know. So, yeah, hmm. yeah, no, fair. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. Joe, you're going to say something. I'm going to have to move on very shortly. But if you have something to add there, throw it in. No, no, it was, it was actually, yeah, it was Limerick. It was the Limerick game, yeah. Limerick and Westmead. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, I don't know whether to move on to the Senior Hurling Championship previews next or actually look back at the, the other games. You can call it, Joe. Cara Hurling's letter. You've the authority here. <laughs> um, well, look, uh, sure, look, I think, I think maybe in fairness, we said maybe just to look back on the, on the intermediate, we'd only, uh, I think we'd only want, we two intermediate games the weekend. Um, right, we'll do that first off, right? Yeah. Executive. Couple of junior matches as well, just a quick, in fairness to the boys, like we said, they deserve their, you know, um, yeah, well, going to intermediate grade, I suppose, first off, um, we were hurling um, Nave Breed, Ballon hurling Nave Breed, and we heard them on um, Saturday evening. And, um, ah, well, look, there was whatever, 20 points in it in the end. Um, now look, in fairness, it was a game at half time. I think there were six up. Now Breed were six up at half time and kind of stretched it then to third water break, I think to maybe eleven, and they kind of really outscored us. And you know, after that, then they, they really punched it home. Um, but look, I suppose uh, not taking any credit away from Nave Breed, but I, you know, despite us being well beaten, we took we took a lot of heart from it. Given, I suppose, given the the, the chopping and changing we had to do maybe the last two years with with absent players and so on. Um, but uh, you know, on another footing. It was good to see Nave Breed is strong, you know, because ultimately it's bigger picture and I suppose pedigrees too. You know, we need we need we need another team. We need a sixth team up uh, in the senior championship. Like the more we have up at that standard, the better. And um, actually, I have played John after seeing the first two rounds of the senior hurling championship, um, and you know, Compton Nave Breed being strong uh, in your position as a county selector. Do you see any any? Potential additions to the panel for the coming year. I know it's early days yet in our championships, but no, maybe don't I don't you don't have to mention names, maybe, but yeah, do you see potential panelists or county um, men? Oh yeah, he's here, he's here as a pundit, so you can name them and who, say who he's impressed by. Doesn't mean he's doesn't mean he's calling them in or anything. I would say who who's, who's doing well. I'm here as myself, as I say. Um, well, no, look, I, I here is my pundit. That's what you're fucking here as. What was I going to say? No, well, I suppose look, get, just getting back to the game first, and you can re- take whatever you want out of it. Look, I mean, um, it's not, it's not, it's not. Hey, look, you know, I, I, as I say, I, I was only a selector this year. Um, there's nothing, you know, nothing there for next year or whatever else. So, 
Um, but look, uh, I suppose from a Navy point of view, look, they were very, they were very solid, very impressed with their midfielders. Um, I thought Colin Byrne and um, uh, Niall Roach were excellent um, at any level. You know, that slot in there, their stick work, their their physical condition was excellent. They, they really ran the show. In fairness to our lads, we kind of had earmarked, um, I suppose, um, Fika O'Toole and Aaron Ammond, obviously, as two of their key forwards. And in fairness to the two lads that we put on them, I know Aaron ended up maybe one, three or whatever, one, four, but um, in fairness to um, Adam Keogh, he had a massive tussle with Aaron. <coughs> and, um, you know, he held them scoreless. And nearly, I think it was well into the second half before Aaron got on the scoreboard. So, he, he, but saying that, like, look, you could see the quality of Aaron. You know, he picked, he took his goal well and he hit over his couple of points. Uh, Fieg as well was very busy at centre forward as well for Nae Breed. Um, but a bit of experience, I suppose, w w was there to see as well. I mean, had Adam Dunn there at centre back, um, you know, again, a former county hurler. He was excellent. Uh, read the game first well, you know, physically looks in great condition as well. I know he was carrying a knock there earlier on the year. And Sean Watchorn as well, you know, back there. I mean, Jesus, there's no end to that man. Uh, and just so smart. Uh, you would have probably, you hurled county with, uh, with Watchy, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, mm -hmm. he's just so smart on the ball. I think they'll get better as the year goes on. I know they lost to Mullinster um, Rangers in the first round. I think they were very disappointed. Stevie spoke about it last week. And I think uh, they were out to kind of approve a point against us. Now, look, we, we, gave them, we gave them as much as we could give them. And we were very happy with our display. I know that, like I said, it sounds, you know, how can you justify that? But we were well in the game. We, we just couldn't get the forward. We just couldn't get the scores, um, uh, you know, as we could. We had, a lot of ch we had chances. We even went a goal and a point up, actually, to no score at the start of the game. Um, but we just couldn't, you know, we had another goal chance or two, and we, we weren't able to take them. Now, look, um, I thought uh, Mark Dermody for us, he's only for up out of minor. He was excellent. He was marking, he was detailed to Mark Feek, and did, again, did another massive tussle as well. Um, you know, uh, further up the field, I suppose, you know, with Daryl Roberts, Daryl got the goal, real poacher's goal, and you could see his touch. He's a touch of a senior hurler. Um, but I suppose, look, you know, we were kind of out-muscled in, in, in other places as well. Um, the other game, I suppose, that was kind of one-sided. I think it was 128, was it, to three points, Kevin, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I think Carrollton were, were missing a lot. And I suppose, while we wrap up the results and maybe the preview in, in one go for, at intermediate level, um, probably ourselves, without over-hyping it or over-egging it or whatever you want to say, but probably ourselves in Carlow Town, um, which is happening this weekend, happening Saturday evening actually at seven o'clock in Ballinkillen. Like probably realistically, both of us are targeting this game to make up the fourth semi-finalist because you'd imagine, you'd imagine Navon um are going to be you know strong as as the as obviously champions from last year. I know they'll lose a few uh, mm -hmm. to the senior, and obviously MLR have two wins under their belt as well, and they breed as well, or will will be tipping away nicely. So you'd imagine it's kind of you know one two three there. And then it, there's probably a big gap between ourselves, uh, between those two, sorry, those three, and then the other two. So it's a big game on, on uh, a big game on Saturday on Saturday evening um, in that uh, between ourselves and Carlo Town. It'll be, I suppose look, it'll be interesting to see what the town bring as well. And again, you know, taking off my Ballinkillen hat and putting on my Carlo Hurling hat, I suppose we all have here in the show. Um, you know, we want to see Carlo Town. We want to see our big centres of population uh, making progress. Um, I think, you know, if you look at the likes of uh, Kildare and you see the, you know, the results that they've had maybe at underage in the last <coughs> couple of, excuse me, couple of uh, months. And also maybe, I know they got relegated this year into Joe Mack, but they won the Christian Ring last year. But you're seeing a massive, uh, you're seeing a massive amount of hurlers coming from the, you're coming from the big central population 
um, yeah. Nace, like you know, Nace, you know, Nace are Nace are, are lashing out the hurlers there. So you know, but look, uh, we'll see how the game goes weekend. I think that's the big, I won't say the big intermediate game, but it's probably the one that's really going to decide the last semi final spot. Really, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and I, I don't know how to call it because, like I said, it's very hard to judge what we'll have maybe after the game uh, on Saturday after ba- in, against uh, Bagnestown. And again, uh, maybe Carlotown, again, I know from talking to them, they don't know you know, who's, who might be available or carrying Knox as well. But I think I think the winner of that game is the other semi-finalist really in intermediate, like, you know. i tell you what's really interesting. It's kind of this on a pro rata kind of level just to, to borrow a term right so carlotown and port leash are actually kind of very similar at the moment in terms of hurling like port leash are not up there at the top contesting senior championships in leash no uh, one club in the whole town yeah and, and carlotown obviously one club in the whole town like obviously i know satanta and stuff are, are there too uh, but seeing on top of adult strictly adult uh, at the moment has yeah. Stanton amalgamated with the adult ever yet just to clarify um, no, no, no. I know. No. I, I don't. I don't know. Satanta it was under fifteen, wasn't there? In the yeah. under fifteen county final, Satanta are with Carrotown. I actually failed to mention that in the tweet when they beat Monash Surrenders, which was huge progress. Great to see. So I want to bring it back to the initial point. So at, at a level, there is only one club currently, um, but they're still not competitive. Like all those Aero lads, as far as I can see, are on holidays the last week or two, and that's fair enough. Jesus, they're entitled. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. Like. But, like, there's a quite a lot of them boys well able to hurl. And the same with the rest of the football clubs in the town. There's no football for another few weeks. I get that they're probably training still and trying to build towards that championship. You don't just rock up with a week's training under your belt and, uh, and go off playing football, as the fella said. But, geez, the lift But the lift that it'll give, like, I mean, to to hurling in the county and we're talking about it for years and years and years but how many more years are we going to go before we uh we see a little bit of a change in this because the, the last thing i want to see personally is just said like an under 15 team and hopefully a few more will follow in terms of carl Towns and Hunter coming along and like should they really have to make a choice does it have to be a choice in this day and age and it's actually a fair question because i, I was actually thinking about this recently if you look at guys my lads are actually playing hurling and football even in the dual clubs at senior and intermediate level in carlo they're not putting a massive effort into it it's literally go play so in order for to say carlo town to make that jump and get back to where we think they should be and where we need them to be like are they in a position for lads to commit on equal par or maybe even not so much equal par pretty close to it because if they're not are we going to see them jump? I don't think. I don't think you are. Like, well, it's a bit. It, it, yeah, I suppose. I. I'd always, I. I obviously teach in there, so I. I kind of see it fairly up close, personal mm. at underage as well. And I suppose we've often said it before, and I reiterate it again. You know, it, this is not a criticism or anything at all. It's reality, and there's there's the amount of good people in both clubs in Satanta and Carlow Town in there. Just, uh, you know, and brilliant, brilliant people. It's kind of I I think it's nearly changing a mindset. You know, it's very. But their hearts must be broke, like. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, I, I mean, I I'd be talking to you know Jesus. You'd be like, obviously, you would have worked with Pat Hearn, who was you know one of the key drivers with with Satanta, and you know you'd be talking to him a lot. And obviously, like I said, you'd be teaching the lads. You'd be talking to key figures in Carlotown Town Club, and and you know it is. There's a lot of other things going on in there as well in terms of giving <laughs> giving time to hurling in terms of. Yes. You know, yeah. it's the more than a breed situation. You, you've Carlo Town, right? So they have players from maybe uh, Pal. You have players from Tinray. You know, you have maybe five or six football clubs feeding into them, 
and every so night, can... every night there's a training session. Every night there's a match. You know, even at, at adult level, every night there's a training session for say if it's whoever team. Every night there's a a match. You know what I mean? This now I know when it's a a, a one kind of cold season that should be that should be kind of lessened. And I think it is because, in fairness, I saw um, Carrotown field in a second team with a big panel there the last day. Um, and you'd be hoping that no numbers might build. And you'd be hoping, and I think it'll work in Neil Breed's favour, that maybe this split season of hurling and football, uh, it might take a couple of years, but at least it's one less stumbling block in in, in the way, or, or not in the way, of lads committing to hurling. And I, I think it might take a couple of years, but I think it'll be positive for, for both Neil Breed and for Carlow Town Hurling Club, maybe to, to bring things on a bit. Well, I'm just um, sorry, Mike. One, one. That's a, in one sense, that's that's really answering your question, Kevin. Like you, you, the question you asked there was, are likes of Carlow Town in the position? Are, are, are the clubs in the position? The clubs themselves are, I would think, uh, have the infrastructure there and they have the personnel. Like you say, Joe, great people. There's no problem with the clubs. It's it's the actual uh, drain on players. It's the pressure on players from other sports, basically. That's where I say, like, there's potentially far greater numbers in Carrowtown Hurling Club at their disposal, uh, Satanta, any any of the rural or any of the urban centre clubs. Then, I suppose it, it, it's connected to the question you asked me earlier on about St Mullins. Like, we don't have anything else. Really, we don't have anything else apart from hurling down here, and that's where the problem lies. Um, they just the, the the pressure on players uh, to get time to play hurling and. If it's not your number one priority, you know your number one sport, then you're going to you're going to choose your better sport. You want to choose your your first love, and it's it's no fault of the clubs. I can guarantee that much that they're not getting their, their teams out. No, no far, no fault of their. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just the fact that um, look, uh, again, football is, is is a bigger sport in, in the town, a bigger sport north of the county. Like if you you, you can take it further than Carroll Town, the, the Tolo. When when has there ever been? When is last in Pakistan? Ted Hurley or anyone up from that direction? Like you know, and um, there was a teacher there in the primary school in Pakistan, Gabriel Keane. He was the principal there, and uh, he was entering. Um, he was entering in coming one school in Hurley and Camogie, and had some raging hurlers and got to findings against ourselves in Boris and and. Uh, you know, it's great to see, but none of those I don't think have ever played hurling with hurling with club. Half them never played with clubs, and there, there's the problem. And there, and, there, and, and there is, I suppose, just sorry, Kevin, to go across you. There is a couple of, I think, um, I can't think of the chaps first. I think it's Oshie and Dale from Clonmore this year was 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 on the was was on the hurling team. I think he hurls with, um, I think he hurls with Burn Rangers. Um, yeah. But there, there is the players there, but it's like you said, it's just getting more of them. There has to be, like, I mean, there has to be bodies out there, lads. I know. From schools again at second level schools hurling we would play a tullo and you know play, play the school and there'd be lads there and good chaps i know that they'd have a mix of lads coming from different clubs and some in wicklow and you know like some, some 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 coming from a chap from michael and places like that and and even burn rangers and so on but there is like chaps in tullo but like you said it, it's trying to trying to take some of those obstacles out of their way in terms of of not having to choose is the big thing you know what i mean but I suppose like that's a bigger picture thing. I mean, I I, I think we, we can't afford we can't afford not to have our big centres of population. Like lads talk about Offaly, oh, Offaly's a split county, but you have Burr there, like you know, with with the tradition, a big you know, a big town, but producing hurlers. You have Saint Rhinus, you know, it's a, a nice sized town, producing hurlers. You know, they they have you know Tullamore have always produced hurlers. You know what I mean? 
uh, right, you go over the far end of the county, Eden Derry is now a big town, you know, it's obviously because of a commuter town, but, you know, they would have, uh, they uh, for a lot of the underage success back in the early, in the late 80s and, and early 90s, they've always produced one or two, like the Finbar Cullen, who hurled, who, as good a footballer as he was, he was a fantastic hurler as well. You know, Kevin Martin from Tullamore, they were always able to get a couple of players from from the big centres as well, as well as the traditional hurling sites. And I think for Carlo, I know we talked about it a few times, for Carlo to, to go forward, to really go forward or really even to, to get forward and maintain where they are, we need to be picking up, you know, like take the Englishes there when you were hurling, Pat, like, you know, um, there's a few more from Carlo Town hurling in your time as well, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in more recent years, I think the last Carlo Town, we say like even Rory Dunbar, who's with us, was Carlo Town. Um, you would have had, um, say, yeah. what do you call it? Yeah, the Englishes, uh, Lawler, you know, Horst Lawler in more recent times, but we need more. Do you know what I mean? We, uh, the size of our county, we can't. You look at Kilkenny, you know, three big clubs in the in in the in the in the town, always producing big numbers, always producing big numbers for county panels. You know, for us to compete with the likes of Kilkenny, we we have to have we have to have our big centres producing something. You know. And so it's... the point the point is we need it, and we all know that we need it. How do we make it happen? So, in terms of like, I, I had a little thought there while you lads were were talking, right? And I was saying to myself, like. If I'm an aero footballer of decent standard, not not really a county player, but decent standard, and I was starting a team, and I go to, I'm not saying this is John Murphy's outtake, I can't speak on behalf of John Murphy, but if I say, look, I'm giving Hurling a right good last this year, I'm telling you here now, you're not going to be starting on the aero team. You probably won't be, because lads are going to be there of equal standard that are going to be given more, and they're going to get it, right? So to counter that then, I think to myself, when aero were winning championships in the 90s, Carl Town were very very competitive and i mean lancer championships in the 90s okay so it's a very big ask what i'm about to suggest but is there any way that you could get those town football clubs to kind of i suppose agree to train the same nights to to cater for that is it that big an ask it, it probably is a big ask right there's no it's no point in saying it's not but if you don't try to make it happen it's not going to it's not going to work like is that something that could be considered um with an open mind because do you know, I'm sure lads given the opportunity and knowing they were relatively safe from not losing the spot and given very good effort to both cause, I'm sure they'd want to play hurling. They'd enjoy it. You know, you see you see the the, the, the occasional times where I always I kinda of talk about the road lads. I should be talking more with the blues lads and the other boys to play with Carltown as well. But there's a lot of very good lads just happen to play for their road. When you see them go play with Carltown, they're great hurlers. The lads that I play with going up along Joe, you were over that team at, at county level. Some of the best hurlers there, like, mm. um, and not even playing the game now, which is which is really sad. So, how I'll bring it back to the question then: is there is there a workable way of of trying to make it happen? Very hard, very hard, Kevin. I think because you have you have clubs that are based; they're football clubs. They're not GA clubs. Uh, well, they are GA, but but they're not the dual. You have to have a dual club, really, and and I think that's maybe where. That's behind the whole thing in Bagginstown Gales, really trying to get everybody under the one umbrella. And, and it has worked, definitely. It, well, it, it seems it, it seems working so far as, from the Hurlands' point of view, anyway. Like you know, um, but I think that's the only way. You know, when, when you have a, a single code club, it's very very difficult because uh, at the end of the day, you're you're only going to you're going to be look at look after your own you know your own situation will be higher on your priority um I, I suppose joe the only the only 
your, your own situation with, say, with, with Fenna and yeah. and, and Kieran. That's the kind of a different, in fairness, that seemed to always dovetail very well. I, I, I very rarely hear of anything of one uh, impacting very um, negatively on the other. Uh, we, keep, we, we, we keep all the fights in-house. <laughs> keep, it's very harmonious, but like, you know, Fenna and, Bag- and Ballinkillen seem to be two branches of the same thing, really, at, when, at the end of the day. I think, but, know, but, 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 but it is it is hard to, in some ways, like, and sorry, you know, in, in our case, like, it, it, there can be difficulties, like, you know, and that's not, like, you know, you Kevin would have seen it with Nair Breed as well, you know, and and it's not in any bad way, or and everyone, in fairness, the two clubs that really do work together. I suppose we've killed Avon as well, you know, you know, to an extent as well coming in. And then you know you have different nights, you know, different nights training. But this is before in the kind of the two week on, you know, type thing. This time yeah. it's, it's not as bad now where you have the full focus. But you would have seen it for years where even even a Ballinkill and Fenner where where lads were kind of getting pulled. And I tell you what's. A kind of a bigger so can sometimes be a bigger pull is when you when you know when say if you have outside managers in clubs you know as well because they, you know maybe they don't I, I know they work and geez we've been so blessed with you know we've owned there at minute on larkin's minutes and we've had different managers and they really work they really they really do work so hard to to make things work for the players and, and have the players in mind but you know, still, uh, sometimes they're not used to that dual club dynamic. Um, you know, and, and you know, and it it can be hard to manage. And I think that's a big thing. You know, I I I do think having the split season will help Carlow Town. I I do think it it'll encourage. I suppose this year was unique as well. By the way, we have to remember that you mentioned Airog, like Airog and and Pal or whoever. You know, were were, were playing in a semi final of a football championship just a couple of weeks ago and a final as well only two weeks ago. So of a normal year, you'd be hoping that, you know, kind of like last year, that the Carrotown will have a run on their senior players. Um, but I, I would probably take it back, step it back a bit, you know, to the underage. I mean, I'd always say, to, you know, you'd be asking, chatting the, the lads in school and you'd ask them what club they were, you know, and I'd be talking about Hurling. And they'd say, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm the Blues. And I'd say, no, like, you know, oh, well, I play Hurling with Carrotown or I play Hurling with Satanta, you know. And... I think, in fairness, both clubs are really, I know they always did, but they're really fostering the identity of, you know, you know well, I'm, I'm Carlo Town. You know what I mean? I, I'm, that, they, that you're not just hurling with a club. You're actually, you know, if I ask Pat Cody, he'd say, I'm St. Mullins, man. You know what I mean? And that they're, they're trying to get, to build that identity and that, that connection with the clubs in there. And I think if you can build that connection and that identity, you talk, at, again, we don't we just pick Aero lads. You talk to Aero lads, you know, to talk about, uh, Chalk Ask and the family up there, you know, the family up there, you know, you think it was like the mafiosa sort of thing, which is great because, and you know, you have that tradition and that kind of inbuilt kind of connection to the club. And I think Carlo Town and Kevin was right. I mean, I, I remember them beating us in, in the evening in the 2000s, uh, 2008, I think the better was to qualify for their last semi final, 2009. I remember, no, sorry, the Druid isn't killed Avon and they qualified for the semi final. We were running champions in. Yeah, in 08, and yeah. in 08 yeah. we won it, yeah. But we didn't make the semis in 09 because they beat us. Yeah, and and, and like no. I, 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 so there is that identity there, but you have to build it with the small ones. You have to build it with the families. And what, I suppose there's a different dynamic there as well. Now you you must remember Carlo Town too. You know, I see it from a school's point of view. You know, you have a lot of new families. You know, mm. uh, you know maybe non-national families as well. 
and in, fair, in fairness both clubs multi-ethnic backgrounds yeah yeah exactly and both clubs are in fairness both clubs are are, are are bringing these people into the you know bringing these people into the clubs and 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 making you know making them identify as carlo town if you get me you know what i mean and building that identity with them and i think i think it will work i mean look ideally wouldn't it be great if leinster council would step in and say look well you know we're going to put a project in place and we're going to have a, a or whatever fourth fifth sixth whatever uh, uh gda for carlo town only you know to, to work between the two clubs and to work solely I know, by the way, the officers in there do great work, you know, at second level school and national schools and the clubs, by the way, you'd see them, Jesus, every second day there's someone, in fairness, when the weather's good, uh, next door to us, you know, from one of the clubs, hurling and football. But, you know, Leinster Council might target that and maybe put money into it, you know, to target hurling in, in, in the urban areas in, in Carlos specifically, outside of the great work that's been done as well. And, but look, I, I, I think this I think this is a good start. I think having hurling as a standalone time will help those clubs you know what i mean i think it, it even we even see it in our situation it helps us uh, and we were getting on fairly okay but it definitely helps us where there's only a focus on one code and i think it will take a couple of years for carlo town to benefit from it yeah well i hope to do and everyone does obviously they want them they want them back but there has to be a workable roadmap for them to do so and there has yeah. to be communication for them to do so and that literally does involve the football clubs and yeah. a bit of liaising i suppose between all parties because at the end of the day like you're over four teams the Blues, I think, have two. Um, Pal have three. Well, so, just, just, just on Pal, just on Pal, I, I'm hearing, I'm hearing little things that you know that obviously Pal, Pal this year have kind of upped their ante in terms of maybe their, you know, their, their hurling, their junior hurling. I know they win at the week, uh, the win at the weekend, the, the Betnay Braid weekend. But apart from even the on-field thing, that there is work going on behind the scenes in terms of maybe even you know, you know, maybe looking at the possibilities of. You know, underage hurling and you know things like that have been. Fl- are, are, well, there's nothing in place or anything like that. I don't want to start any maliciously bad rumors ranting, but at least people are talking about things like that over there. And you know, that's that'd be a massive plus if you got another another team going like that at underage and especially in, in a in a kind of an, an established club. You know, I suppose that's the one thing. That's the one thing I suppose is kind of catching Satanta. You know, not having their own grounds and not just being able to get over that hump of kind of at minor level do you know what i mean not not having that adult outlet just yet i know it's a hard one it's like the chicken and the egg you know how do you get there unless you start somewhere but i think it's that's kind of just nabbing them at the minute and i think if the likes of pal or whoever maybe lord knows you know whoever but it's just pal at the minute they're outside of town that if if they were able to take on something like that that they'd have an adult team there for 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 underage teams to see as an outlet and you know that might be that might be something that might be developed too, but who knows? Yeah, who knows indeed. So let's jump on. Yeah, sorry, Pat. I thought I thought you were jumping. I'm I'm literally muting and unmuting your microphone because we're getting a little bit of an echo. I will say that Burren Rangers are are, are people and, and they'll. I think there's possible there's a potential for Rangers to make up maybe possibly seventh out of yep. the team. Yeah, yeah, great people there. Great, great club. Yeah. We have, we have, yeah. By the way, we have to we have to remember. I know Kevin, you're caught for time, but just quickly, you have to remember. Like you know, there's Burn Rangers and uh, Satanta, two new clubs in Carlo in what ten years, eleven years, whatever it is, and uh, like just very other, very little other counties across Ireland who are you know would have two brand new clubs in, in that space time. So look, there is there is good work there in the county. There is. We need to go into predictions, lads. Right. So. Let's uh, let's blast on. We uh, we missed out on a few junior hurlers there as well. I know Palatine did beat Nair Breed in that one. 
Uh, Joe, I don't know if you find your results there handy to hand when I'm well, digging out um, these. No, well, I, 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 yeah, sorry, Pat, go on. I can some bets in Ireland. Yeah, I, I think I think looking forward, um, Kevin, at the weekend you have a full range of fixtures again, which is like. Hold well, on for one sec, actually, because I'll just put the junior hundred results. Michael did beat Carlton four twenty two to two seven, yeah, and yeah. then uh, Ranger, uh, Rangers one nineteen, Burn Rangers. 112 that's how that's how they're all after finishing up so this yeah. again yeah sorry yeah. Joe. No, no, just, just going ahead and that like uh Tullow are playing st pats are playing pal which would be an interesting total obviously Tullow are, are kind of over you know they, again they, they played the football championship late so you know they'll have a few lads back for that but pal had a good win at the weekend and and i think they were disappointed to to lose to st mullins the first round so i probably fancy pal in that one uh, Bagnestown Gales and Hurland near Breed, and I think you'd have to fancy Bagnestown Gales here against uh, a kind of a, you know the second string near Breed team. Uh, who knows? Stevie might make a, uh, his first appearance of the season. We don't know. How bad um, does he want his podcast appearance back? <laughs> that is the question. He's in the gym. He's in the gym as we speak. Um, but uh, you'd probably fancy Bagnestown there in that derby. Um, then in the other group, then in Group Two, you have um, Carrotown against Burn Rangers, and probably Burn Rangers have to target a win there. Um, you know, because like they've 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 lost one. Their, their first game was kind of was called off against Michael. They probably replayed, and they were but they've lost one, so they'll definitely target that as a game to win there. And then the last game, then it's probably to, to tie it around really. And that's Mount Leinster Rangers versus Nave Owen, and uh, that's on Sunday evening. Um, and that'll be interesting because you know uh, Mount Leinster Rangers probably and and both Nave Owen might have lost a couple of players. Um, you know, up the ranks, and but both teams will have very strong junior junior teams you know what i mean there's a lot of very seasoned hurlers in both that one will be very that'll probably that's probably the pick it around really um in terms of a game it's probably the, the closest in terms of uh score and maybe um uh, you know it'll be it'll probably be it'll probably be a good very good game if anyone is looking to do something on sunday evening yeah so pat what's the what's the prediction stakes from from your end then so yeah that just to confirm the double header uh is on saturday joe yeah Saturday, half four and half six. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm multitasking. You may have just said that in the last few seconds, but when you're trying to produce the show and present the show and look at texts coming in and tweets and every sort of yoke, what a one man band. I actually thought it was a text from Stevie there once. There, I said, please take me back. Um, <laughs> we mustn't want this junior hurdle at all. Um, uh, another person actually texted in to said. <laughs> Yeah, Stevie looks a bit different tonight. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Did you play in the goal, Pat? Uh, this is like a goalkeepers union podcast, actually, because I think uh, did yeah. you play in the goal before, Pat? Just so interesting. Oh, sure. I would have. I would have spent the odd day in between the posts. All right, but uh, cool, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm not mentally unstable like most goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so we'll burst on to these predi- predictions. Yeah, the double header on Saturday. So four thirty, Netwatch Cullen Park, Senior Ireland Championship, Ballinkillen versus Bindestone Gales. Pat, I'll bring you in on this one first here. Uh we'll, we'll keep a neutral on it. Well, I suppose I know of all sports GA doesn't follow farm lines, but if you were to follow farm lines, you would have Bindestone Gales as warm favourites of this one. Um I think on the, on the injury front, like the, the two healings are massive, massive loss for Ballinkillen. I, I don't think Joe would disagree with that. Like you know, um, so um, you know, and I suppose it's unfortunate for Owen Arkin to, to in his first year involved, you know, to lose players of that caliber. Like you know, you have two, you're two in your county men there. Um, 
So yeah, if I was if I was to, to pick, I I definitely I probably looking looking at Bagus on Gales. Um, you know, now whether they will rest in their laurels having qualified uh, for a semi final at this stage, maybe you know change things around a bit, have a you know have a look at some other options that they might look look at down down the line. Um, it'd be interesting to see. But then again, I suppose it's kind of a make or break game from Alan Kinnan's point of view. They want to get their name on the score sheet, get points on the board, like you know. So I'm sure um, to be fully focused on, on the task task in hand. But I probably would be looking at Ben Song Gale's victory, um, and that would really put them in 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 poor position to be well, I say to be a challenger at this stage, and then you know challenging for the title at this stage. Uh, their match against Manchester Rangers is going to be a very, very interesting game at, at the end of the at the end of the championship. But um, yeah, I, I would go for I'd go for Bagley's one game as victory. Um, but of course, as I said, just by all all farm lines, uh, I'd, I'd have to go that way. Yeah. yeah. Joe, no cute tourism involved. Uh, being brutally honest about it, you don't have to tell us names. But is there many lads back? You were short ten from your uh, county final appearance last year for that first round game against St. Mullins. I, I, I have these lads at the ready just in case. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not sure on injury front, to be honest with you. There's lads carrying knocks. Uh, I'm, I'm not being cute or literally Thursday could tell a lot with, with a few lads. Like we're down. I don't think we'll have very many back. We're not going to have like 10 lads back or anything, you know, startling. And, you know, a couple of like say, Paddy Cavanagh picked up a knock against St. Mullins last day. So look, we're, we're going to be we're going to be shorn again. Like, you know what I mean? We are where we are. We're not going to miraculously turn lads around in a week sort of thing. But, um, look, I suppose it's very hard for me to call, you know, obviously my heart will say one thing, my head says another. I, I just think Bagnestown Gales, like I said, um, in the space of a year, like this time last year, Kevin, if we were previewing this game, I was massively confident last year of ourselves going into that first round game. I couldn't see, I couldn't see he's been beaten. I, I, you know, as in I couldn't, you know, and I thought we were, we were full value for it, even though Bagnestown pressed us. Uh, but like I said, game on game, they've improved last year and this year. Obviously, they've set you know they've set their stall out early doors. Two two good wins. Um, I think this year, what's what's a bigger threat for us? Like last year, I think they only had three score. Sorry, two scores. I think against us uh, last year. I think only Craig got a point or two from play, and then Mini mentioned got one. You know, and their scores weren't coming last year. The forwards weren't producing as such, even though Jamie was winning frees. But like on 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 what you call it on Saturday or on Sunday gone by like they had a good spread of scores and a lot of threat like you know we failed to mention Beanie hit Beanie four hit incredible freeze Jesus they were incredible like I mean ninety yards bang over the bar with plenty to spare Styler you know you had Jake Dial come on you, you you know James Dial clipped a point and so on so on I think probably their greater scoring threat is going to is probably going to get them over the line against us at the weekend um Darren Nolan is a big loss for them obviously a full back kind of a main player. But like that Keen Dial, who I thought was immense at wing back the last day, I just really thought he had a savage game at wing back. I mean, you know, obviously there are a lot of good players who, who hurled well, but I thought he was excellent. And I think he'd probably slot back in there at full back. And it won't, you know, as much as Dara is a loss, it won't probably weaken him back in there because Keen has played there last year. So he'll have the experience to kind of man the square. And then it'll be probably, maybe it might be Richie or um, not Richie, I always get them mixed up, uh, Young Wheel Allen. To come in, um, isn't it Alan? Or Jamie. Uh, Jamie, 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 Jamie to come in at wing back. He came in as a sub, um, the last day. He he might step in there. So even though they're down, Dara, you know, they're they're probably have a full pick. And I, I probably look like I said, putting put my my heart. Obviously, I hope ourselves. I think we'll ra- raise it big time for you know Bagstown and killing games. Even Alan McDonald, I met him in Kearney's offender there the other night. 
and he said to me, I was kind of playing it down and said, Jesus, actually, you'll win handy at the weekend. And blah, blah. He says, ye, he says, ye feckers, you always raise it for us. He says, no matter who, which of us is going well, he says, there's never anything in it. And he, he might be, I think he'll be right. I think our lads will raise it. Apart from needing the two points, you know, there's always a bit of a bit of biting, a bit of biting our games. And um, but I look, I, I probably think Bagnestone Gales might just have the firepower and the momentum to carry them, carry them over the line this time. I agree. I'm going by the Sun Gales in that one as well. So then at six thirty, same venue. It is of course Wallers Rangers versus St Mullins. Joe, carry on, and we'll give Pat the last word. Oh Jesus! Uh, right. Well, again, I am going here. I probably going here with an MLR victory. Um, a tight one. I think it'll be again. I think it'll be. I think this will be a tight game. Um, I think St Mullins will be. Obviously, um, I think they'll be hurting after the last day, you know, to, to kind of let that game slip away from, now again, not taking credit away from Bangs and Gales, but to be a man up and kind of, you know, to be, I think they probably would have thought that they would have saw the game out, you know, that to maybe let it slip. And it puts them obviously under a little bit of pressure now in terms of head-to-head -head and places and groups and so on. And, you know, just keeping an eye on things. So I think they'll come out all guns blazing. I think we might see some changes to the team as well. Um, you know, I think maybe Jack might start. I think, you know, they might maybe, you know, while Paddy, Paddy and, and what do you call it, had a great battle the other day. Paddy and um, Alfie Corcoran had a great battle the other day, centre forward and centre back, you know. And again, we didn't mention that. And, and, and both centre forwards and centre backs, you know, there was two great pairings with James Dyle and Styler. And then uh, the other side with, with Alfie and Paddy, like four of the best hurlers we probably have ever produced in the county, marking each other. But you know, maybe Sam Mullins might decide to switch it up a little bit and move Potty back to centre back against um, you know. But then you know, then you know, it's, it's Potty against Chris Nolan. You know, he'll have the hur he he probably have plenty of hurling for him there. Um, you know, and, and James maybe might bring you know may, might bring a threat further up the field. But you don't know. Um, probably I think you know it, it'll be interesting again to see John Nolan went off for Mullins Rangers in that game carrying a knock. You know, there was no Richard Cody. Um there as well gary Ollercombe is a sub so you'd, you'd, you'd be wondering how where they are in terms of their injuries as well um gary bennett hopefully be back for for st mullins I, I think he's only out for a week um and he'll be a massive addition like jesus i think you know um he just brings you know even though the full back line played very well the last day he just brings a fierce solidity and he's a great man marker as well and i think if to get him back into the team it gives him another it just gives him another dynamic and maybe you know, with Jason O'Neill as well, with a few more minutes under his belt, he might have something more to offer, maybe come, you know, either coming in or starting as well. Um, but still, despite that, I, I just think, you know, I think I think Malinster Rangers might just have the the little bit of craft um to get them over the line. But I think it'll be a good game. I think I think we'll you know we, we'll see uh, we'll see a, a, a bit more tempo to this game than maybe St. Mullins brought uh, the last day. Pat. Yeah, well, good. We had a right chat last night uh, at, the, at the club, the St. Bonas Club Lotto. Sure, you know, the, it's always a great day, always a great uh, place for the post mortems and the matches. And um, I'd say, like, I, like Joe said, that there could be a bit of a tweaking on the um, on the St. Bonas team. Um, uh, uh, let's say, again, two years ago, Michael Welsh uh, was centre back for St. Bonas. And was in our same one as club hurler of the year from the centre back position, um, and kind of was was nearly where the championship was built around him. Like you know, he's a very strong player in that position, and you wouldn't have thought that in his previous uh, years as, as a hurler with same ones. But he kind of he went to the position during the year. Like I was just even speculating there. He could as, as a, a half back line of Jericho Cody, Michael Welch, and Paddy Keogh. Would be a strong half back line, and uh, that would release James Dye up the field and 
wouldn't necessarily weaken your health back line. Um, you know, so there are a few little things like that. Maybe maybe John Dyle might come into the reckoning uh, as a as a starter. Maybe he was very effective in the half forward line as a ball winner against Ballykillen in the semi final last year. Um, I I I honestly don't know what the boys are thinking now. Um, you know, sometimes you know when when everyone's talking about likes moving James Dyle out. You know, as a as a management team, you've only been you know when you dig your heels in and say no, no, we, we want to go with this and we're you know we to stick with it. Like you know, um, the 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 revert to panic stations after one defeat, like you know having two points in the bag, um, it's just hard to know really. Um, there will be I'd say there will be changes and having Gary back and Gary's team captain this year, like you know, and he'll be he you know, he have command great respect and and. I suppose if he was on the start fifteen, it might up up the boys ante a bit, like you know that they'll, that they'll put that bit extra in for, on Gary's behalf, like you know for Gary. Um, but I suppose if you're going, if you're going to talk timelines, I did I mentioned about our farm lines uh, again, heart heart and head kind of contrasting, like Joe was with Belly Killen, maybe one of the Rangers would be would be maybe tipped to come out on top, but. I do expect a bit of backlash more than uh, uh, next weekend, and, and you know it, it'd be close. And, uh, God, I could I could be get some of Joe Splinters in in my own but yeah, maybe, maybe to be a draw. And that would, uh, you know, and if if we got another point out of it, and the Bangasun Ballin Killen result uh, went on on in Bangasun's favour, it'd be that that would be a good result for us. Like you know. I, just call it what it is, like you know, it was the Bally Killen that received beyond zero points, and we'd have three then, like you know, so at least that would put us out of Bally Killen's reach before the last round, you know. So it's, it's a lot of little permutations in a small, such a small championship, but um, I would probably, if I was to put the, the mortgage or put the keys in the house on the table, I would go, I'd have to maybe go for uh, a Bally or sorry, a Monster Rangers uh, win, but yeah, I suppose. Uh, I'd call it that, but my heart will say same one and, and wouldn't surprise me if, if there was a bit of backlash with a, a tweak same one seem to pull, to pull a, a victory out of it, like you know. But we haven't had, we haven't gotten results against one of the Rangers in the league section for quite a quite a good while, you know. Our our league our league results against one of the Rangers over the years, over the last decade, haven't been good. So um, we try and, and keep our power dry until the. Uh, Missy Gritty, but like you know, you still don't like losing to your near neighbors. So you're going with Rangers, yeah. Fair, uh, make that Sorry. the make that the banner, uh, by the way, this uh, podcast, Kevin. Pat Cody, uh, Pat, Pat Cody backs uh, backs Mount Leinster Rangers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope you have shutters coming down over those windows, Pat, and that the door, there's a double bar lock on it, and triple glass windows in the whole lot. Um, but uh, yeah, listen, lads, uh, even. Very, very good with your time. Too good with your time. Sorry, and Pat, you were starving before you come on. It's <laughs> the way things are going. Um, you uh, people actually will think it's Stephen Barmerick. Didn't help, Asher. Yeah, I'm fading away to nothing here. Yeah, I'm fading away to nothing. Yeah. But didn't help with Joe stuff in his face with a big sandwich before we come on. <laughs> and I'm just going to put it out there that is actually not a lie. Uh, <laughs> and I had the sandwiches across his face about 30 seconds before he went live. That is that's, not a lie. That's, that's not, not that's a drill. Not, that's not Grace trouble. That's uh, mayonnaise. That's mayonnaise. <laughs> I think I've had to get makeup in at Sardor's here. Well, listen, any uh, any other business, as the fella says, before we before we leave it? No, just... Uh, I, 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 
Oh, I, actually, yeah, it is good to be back. And like I said, it's great. Just again, some savage games out there. I, I happened, I was at, Jesus, I was at a plethora of games across all codes over the weekend. And, uh, you know, it's brilliant to see. Jesus, I, I don't like uh, our own club won, uh, when you're mentioning Patrick Murphy, our own club won an under 16 Camogie title, A title against St. Mullins at the, at the weekend. Mm-hmm. It was a, a cracking game. We were probably the, the stronger team. But uh, we're talking about players to, to note. Um, I, I can't think of the girl's name for St. Mullins. She was playing in the goal for, for St. Mullins. And by God, she pulled off saves that I we talked about Brian Tracy's excellence at the weekend. She pulled off she, she pulled off saves that were on a par. They were absolutely brilliant. Uh, you know, when when in tough conditions. I just like to mention her it was one yeah, of the performance. One the one of the performances of the weekend, I have to say. And I saw a lot of matches of the weekend. Um, but hers was absolutely excellent, I have to say. Yep. Yeah, and just on a, a very sad note, lads, just a, a couple of things to mention. We had a number of bereavements over the past week with heavy involvement in GA-wise. Uh, I know the the Kennedy family in Bourne Rangers, uh, there was a family up in Moishal as well, Joe, because that under-16 final, I think, was the Camogie final last week was, was called off. I can't think of the family's name, and I apologise for that. I think it was Bourne. On the, um, I can't think of the first name either. Yeah. Burn family. Yeah, you are thinking of it. Obviously, the the Kinsella family as well. Such oh, a yeah. such a such a tragedy. So we don't pass on our condolences here from Left Wing Bar Podcast on that as well, lads. Yeah. Um, we, we'll leave it there. Um, just to to mention again that you can of course uh, follow us on social media at the Left Wing Back. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can email us here, uh, Left Wing Back Podcast at gmail And just to say thanks to our sponsors, uh, Corcoran Precast. Thanks as well. So, uh, yeah, we pass on our regards to all and all lads for looking after us on that. Pleasure, lads. Um, hopefully we'll see you on Saturday. Hopefully the energy levels are, are feeling feeling yep. reasonably good. So uh, looking forward to, to two great games. And thanks yeah, again, Ari. Right. I'm unfortunately going to miss the games on Saturday because um, county the county Camogie team are playing relegation playoff against Tipperary. Well, unfortunately. Oh, that's right, yeah. I, I get the, the, girls, the girls are playing Tipperary in uh, John Locke's. Park and Callan at five o'clock Saturday evening. So that's where I'll be. I'll be in. I'll be up in Callan watching my eldest girl Guiva trying to keep or keep help help keep her up and intermediate vision. So best of luck yeah. for the girls. Very very best luck to them as well. Uh, even if there wasn't a game on, I'd say you'd probably say there is a game elsewhere because after that for it, I'd say you won't be you won't be welcome in Doctor Cullen Park. <laughs> No, the very best look to the to the Camogie team, definitely. And and look, lads, thanks again. All right, and we'll chat soon. Thanks, thanks, lads. Yeah, Take care. Well.